As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, and welcome to Ask Christina First, straight talk for entrepreneurs and sole proprietors on what makes small business work. Each podcast, we have a grounded conversation, tips and tricks specifically for you, the small business owner, to make you more peaceful, abundant, and on purpose in running your small business. You're listening to this on the Amazing Men and Women Radio Network, powered by Raven Media International. If you're wanting to listen to this, we'll be streaming on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. If you're looking for my other radio show, Real Estate Freedom Breakthrough, that's going to be on Roku TV and Amazon Fire TV. If you want to find me, Christina Suter, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn under Christina Suter, S-U-T-E-R, and also at Ground Level Com, short for consulting. Thank you so much for listening to Ask Christina First. Enjoy the show. Now, great, Christina, I've got a project list, I've got a to-do list. Now what? Now you rotate through the to-do list. Okay, let's stick with the painting example because it's just so simple. Okay, I talked to my wife, or I talked to my husband about the paint colors. We've agreed on yellow. Yay, I got a to-do step done. Woohoo! You cross it off your list and you go, what is the next to-do on this project? And you add that to the bottom of your list. So you cross one off, you stop, and you say, what is my next to-do on this project? You add that on. Okay. In the David Allen system, this next step they have you do weekly. I'm going to suggest you do it every two weeks or every month because I find weekly, I don't really get around to it. But they're very adamant about reviewing it every week. Basically, you review your to-do list in whole. You review your project list in whole, and you make sure that they are things that you're still committed to doing. And you update your to-do list. I, I, even I, after years of having done this over a decade, <clears throat> over a decade of having worked on this system and having done this system, David Allen and the Covey system and all my little tweaks to it and the two systems combined, even now, I find that I don't always cross off my to-dos, and I don't always add my next action steps. So yes, about every two weeks, about every month, I'll be stalled somewhere. I'll pull out my BlackBerry. Yes, I use a BlackBerry. I'll pull out my BlackBerry, or you pull out your PDA, or you pull out your to-do list, and you go through it, and you go, okay, have I done everything? Ideally, you do this at your desk. Ideally, on Friday afternoon, you sit down, and you go, okay, have I crossed off all my to-dos for the week? Have I updated everything, all my next steps on my to-dos? And am I happy with my projects? Are my current projects still my current projects? You take about an hour. Yes, it takes an hour just for this week. Well, maybe 
half an hour, 45 minutes, just for this piece to update your to-do list. Okay, you get it. Oh, one final thing. One final thing I almost forgot. I do a daily to-do list. This one is a Christina edition. Basically, I sit down at my office. I, get, I literally get to my office. I sit in my chair. I turn on my computer because that's what I do. I turn on my computer, and then I pull up a piece of paper. I pull off a piece of paper. It's usually a yellow, st- yellow stick it note, sticky note, and I write down the things that are on my brain as to what I felt like I committed to to get done today. Remember I talked about commitment. Having a successful time management system is about fulfilling your self-commitments. When you fulfill your self-commitments, you have greater self-confidence, joy, and trust, self-trust. And guess what? You also have greater self-confidence and joy and trust with other people too. Because usually once you've committed to somebody else, you've also committed to yourself. When you make that commitment to somebody, often a piece of you has signed on to say, yeah, I'll do that. That's a commitment you've made. It's a commitment to you. Okay. So I write down a little daily to-do list. What are the things that I feel like are pressing on me? I do those things or I don't do those things. I do a certain number of those things. I cross them off as I finish them. Then I need to, and that's the only part of my system, I need to go back and I need to look at my electronic list Make sure I cross it off and do the practice of saying, okay, so what's my next to-do on that project? Or is that project done and I can cross it off my project list? Okay, that's your to-do list. We are not done. There is a lot more to a time management system. Part of a time management system, remember I said, first is a to-do list. The second element is a filing system, paper and electronic. Okay, how do you create a successful filing system? like a mind dump. You start with a version of a mind dump. You take all of that stuff, all that doodads and stuff that's sitting in some version of an inbox in your home office or in some version of an inbox in your office and sitting on the corner of your desk and sitting on, you know, underneath the desk in that filing system or in that, you know, read folder, whatever it is, you shove it all on your desk. Literally, set a couple hours aside for this, by the way, guys. I mean, like four hours, five hours. You shove it all on your desk, and you pick it up one by one, one piece at a time. You pick it up, and you go, what is this? It may sound like a really silly question, but sometimes the mind doesn't know. You pick it up. I'll give you an example of my life. I have have tickets to the aquarium to get in free pass. All right, what is it? I pick it up, and I go, what is it? It's an aquarium ticket. Okay, but what is it really? What it is really is it's me and my husband and my family going to the aquarium. Oh, that's what it's there for. What it's there for is to remind me that we're going to go to the aquarium before the end of the year, before this ticket expires. Okay, so what is it? What is the next step? Now that I've identified it's an aquarium ticket or it's a bank statement or it's a tax form, now that I've identified what it is and how it applies, what is it? Now I go, my next step is to talk to my husband about getting a good date for us and the family going down to the aquarium. Oh, I'm still left with this piece of paper. My actual task that's related to moving it forward is a project. The actual project is getting to the aquarium. The actual next step is talking to my husband. But now I'm left with a piece of paper. 
I've left that piece of paper out to remind me to talk to my husband. It's been my version of a to-do, my, like a to-do list, physically sitting out on my desk on the corner. Now what do I do with that piece of paper? I file it. I create a file, or I stick it in a file that already exists. It might be a family file. It might be a family. It might be a file. I have a file for my husband. I have a file for my for my children. I might stick it in my children's family. I also have files that go January, February, March, April, May, June, July, all the way through December. And I might stick it in my November file because I talked over to my husband and I went, hey, when do you want to go to the aquarium? Sometime in November. Sounds great. It goes in my November file. Okay? So you file it. You file it away so it's not sitting on your desk anymore. You pick up the next piece of paper, you pick up the next object, and you go, what is this thing? And yes, there will be objects there, tape measures and crayons and uh, old gloves and, yeah, old gloves. I'm serious, old gloves. I've seen old gloves. People put old gloves on their desk, and they keep them on the corner of their desk for three months to remind them to find that exact same pair of gloves on the Internet. So you pick up the old gloves, and you go, what is this? It's an old pair of gloves. Why am I having this here? Because... My project is getting the replacement gloves. What's my actual next step? My actual next step is to write down in my to-do list the name and style of that glove and the size and go look it up on the Internet. Now, because I have moved that glove into my to-do list, I can throw the gloves out. Now I know what I'm doing with those gloves. So you file it. Okay, now. So you get the sense for what you're supposed to do. So you rotate through that. You file all of your pieces of paper. Most of those pieces of paper are going to have a to-do that makes it onto your to-do list. Your to-do list, it might be a simple thing like, I'm trying to think of something that would be a one-item task. Um, mail something to my sister. Okay, I'm going to mail this piece of paper to my sister. I put it in my file for this month because it's an action step that needs to happen this month, or I put it in the file for my sister. I make a note to myself in my to-do list, mail such and such to my sister, and you put a little F and either a slash or a colon, and you put the name of the file you put it in. Now you can track back on your to-do list back to your filing system. Now you have an effective filing system. Okay. Files have to be rotated through, just like your to-do list has to be rotated through. Every six months, I like to dump some of my old files. I have two filing systems myself. I have my active files, which is literally, these are projects I'm working on or things that I, in the next six months I'm going to possibly get a filing on, like um, property taxes on the house every six months. It needs a file, and it's a file that stays with me. Then I'll have something like, oh, this is an old company I closed down, or this is a property I sold. That file, because I might still get more information about that, about that, or I might need information for my taxes two years from now, that file goes into a resource filing system. And it's filed A through Z, just like my home filing system is filed. This one happens to be in my storage unit. Yours can be in your garage. But it's a reference filing system. I might need that information again in the next three years. Seven years is how long you're supposed to keep your receipts for the IRS. So seven years, you can throw just about anything out, unless you're attached to it, unless it's memorabilia. So we have our filing system, which is active and current in our office. We have our reference filing system, which could be in your garage or it can be wherever you want it to be, in your storage unit. And then you want to rotate through both. 
I rotate through my home office system every six months because, honestly, it gets full. And if your filing cabinet is full, you stop filing things. If you stop filing things, things start piling up on your desk again. Things start piling up on your desk again, you start, lose, you start losing your sense of self-confidence and your sense of getting things done. So it ain't worth it. Go through your filing system. Make sure there's space in the filing system to accept new files. Take those files to your reference files wherever you keep your reference files. There are always, 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 trust me on this, there's always going to be something that you can move from your current system to your reference file. I very rarely see that you can't move at least one file, if not ten files, from your current active system to your backup reference system. Okay. We're not done yet. Guess what? There is another part of, this, of the action, the to-do list, or the time management system. The next part is the calendar system. What goes on your calendar? I'll tell you what doesn't go on your calendar, because this is the one that most people, well, they don't, well, I call it a mess up. Fine. What I call most people mess it up, but they're not really messing it up. They're doing the best they can, because some systems actually suggest this, that you use your calendar system to keep your to-do list. I don't suggest it. You heard mine. The calendar system is what you don't want to put on it is you don't want to put things that you've committed to but don't have hard deadlines. You put on your calendar 10 things that you're supposed to do tomorrow because those are the times that you'd like to get them done versus that's actually when they expire. Like, I have a presentation that I need to give to a client, or I'm going to give a talk in two weeks. So I'd like to be done with my research for my talk on Friday, two weeks before my talk. Okay. But that's a thought. It's not a hard timeline. If I don't get that done, along with the 10 other things I put on my to-do list that day, I'm going to have five things I succeeded at and five things I didn't succeed at. Those things in my mind belong on a to-do list. So what goes on your calendar is something that expires, i.e., if I'm not ready for my talk in two weeks and that day comes and goes, then I'm in trouble. The talk goes on my calendar system. All of the things preparing for the talk, unless it's a committed phone call or a committed meeting with somebody else, it don't go on my calendar system. It goes in my to-do list. Only things that are going to expire go in your calendar system. Okay. That calendar system just supports you and helps you get some get places. Now I'm going to talk about one more topic before we're done here today. The one more topic that I want to talk about is project delegation. This is actually hugely important. It belongs both in the time management system. It also belongs in either um, employee satisfaction, employee Turnover, employee care, whatever you want to call it. It can belong in, in your relationships with your independent contractors. Anybody that you end up having to do a project with or have a commitment with. Project delegation. Why do you delegate projects? Because it will save you time in the long run. It may not save you time in the short run. Especially once I tell you how to delegate a project, you might go, oh, I never do that. But you know what? It's really important. Project delegation is also a training process. Poor training gets you poor results. So you need to understand that when you first start working with somebody, you need to train them into how you delegate projects. 
You need to train them in learning how to respond to you. You need to train them that you're going to expect them to be committed, and you need to make sure you stay committed. All right, this is part of cleaning up that. Are you, are you putting the burden on your employees or are you putting the burden on your subcontractors instead of you staying in leadership? If you're not training people how to accept a delegated project, you're burdening your employees. If you're expecting them to take a project without them fulfilling all of these steps, you're burdening your employees. So here are the steps. First, you have to identify and define what it is you're really looking for. You've got a vision, but then there are steps involved in that vision. You want to identify the vision. You want to identify what, what's the end result, what's the needs to be done. Okay? You want to tell them what the vision is. Let me give you an example. The vision is, I want a checklist that everybody can use in the office or that I can or that we can use between us that makes sure that the marketing goes out on time every month. That it could be between you and your marketer, your your editor, your copywriter, it could be between you and your secretary, your receptionist, whatever, whoever it is that you're doing this project with, that's the person you're going to have the conversation with. We need a checklist that makes sure that everything gets done every month in time for our newsletter to go out. Okay? So you've identified the vision. The vision is the newsletter going out on time. You see it as being a checklist. Okay? That's the what. We haven't defined the how that happens, but you've defined the what needs to happen. What needs to happen is we need to get the newsletter out on time, and the way I see that happening is a checklist. That doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. You want, but once you've identified it, and you're pretty clear about why that needs to be the case, then you have a conversation with somebody. You deliver it to them. But what you deliver to them, and this is important, what you deliver to them is what's the successful result you're looking for. The successful result you're looking for is the marketing campaign or the marketing letter going out on time every month. That is the successful result you're actually looking for. The way that you see that happening is a checklist. So what you want from them is a checklist which ensures that the marketing campaign or the newsletter goes out on time every month. Then you might want to talk about the hows. But you want to minimize the hows because the more you delegate the how they're supposed to do it, the less freedom you give them, the less you respect them, the more you train them into being dependent on you, the more you train them into self-doubting themselves so they come back to you and ask you, what you want them to do again. So if you have a lot of employees or you have a lot of contractors who go, well, I just didn't know what you wanted on this project, so I just didn't move forward. Part of what's happening potentially is that you're telling them all the hows, and once they run out of the hows that you've told them, they're not thinking about how to move forward ahead independently to reach the successful result. So thus, you deliver the successful result, you minimize the hows. If there's a how that is important, like it has to be in Excel because everybody in the office has access to Excel, or it has to be in Excel because you and that person can email back and forth in Excel successfully, or it has to be in Word because that's the only program that you guys share, whatever it is, or it has to be able to be put in a PDF, you need to tell them that piece of the how. But otherwise, pretty much you want to try to minimize it. 
Why? Because you want to in, you want to encourage. I'm repeating myself, but you want to encourage their independence, not your not not them being dependent on you, not you being the one that's got all the ideas, which is you probably do, and you probably are the one with all the ideas. I get it, but you want to empower them to be thinking for themselves, so they behave like an independent contractor and not like a drone that doesn't have any thoughts of their own. All right, that's why you minimize the house. Get, so here's the next piece. You have to get confirmation, for, I mean, you have to deliver an anticipated timeline. I need this here. I'll talk more about timeline later. Okay, now you have to get a confirmation from them that they, one, have heard you, and two, that they can commit to the timeline. I need this in two weeks by October 12th. You need to hear back from them, yes, I can do that in two weeks by October 12th. Or you need to hear back from them, uh, I can't do that in two weeks by October 12th. You've given me another big project that needs to be done. Or I've got another big project on my plate from another person because I'm, an, I'm a virtual assistant. You need to get a confirmation from them back. Why are we wanting a confirmation from them back? It's your timeline. It's your project. They should just accept it, right? Wrong. Yes and no. Maybe. If they don't commit back, then they haven't accepted responsibility for the project. They haven't accepted responsibility for your timeline. When it happens, when in two weeks they haven't gotten it done, and you say you didn't get it done, they're going to go inside of themselves and in their energetic response to you, those are unspoken responses, yeah, but I never committed. Come on, you said two weeks, but I never could get it done in two weeks, and I knew I never could get it done in two weeks. You want their verbal confirmation back to you saying, yes, I can do it in two weeks. I'll be really happy to get that done in two weeks for you. We're off and running. Ta-da! Yay! We have now just successfully delegated a project. We have given them the vision, the successful result. We've given them enough of the what. We've given them some of the how. We have gotten back from them that they get the successful vision. We've gotten back from them that they get some of the what and the hows. And we have gotten back from them a confirmation that they are committed and they see themselves being capable of committing to the timeline. Okay. Now you put that commitment on your calendar. In two weeks on October 14th I need, or 12th or whatever date it was I was using, I need to check back in with this employee or this vendor or this marketing person or this, you know, whoever it is that's promised you something and I need to confirm what further direction do they need, not whether or not they have really finished the project or not. You should anticipate that most likely they will not have finished every last detail of that project. So you want to set up your timeline specifically with the anticipation that you're going to do a check-in either right before, a couple days before the timeline, and if you are, then you need to tell them, like it really is due October 14th, but I will check with you on October 10th, or it's not really due on October 14th. I'll check in with you on October 14th. It's really due on the 20th. But you need to check in with them at least anticipate one check-in because they'll probably have at least one, one redirect, one question for redirect, if not several. So don't do yourself and them a disservice by making sure that your check-in is only on the day the project's due. You will go crazy. They will go crazy. You guys will both not have a good working relationship at that point. So you need to put in your calendar that you're going to follow up with them, and then you need to put in the calendar the next follow-up, which is generally when the project will be actually delivered to you. 
Sometimes with people, especially during the training process, you might want, might want to have two follow-ups and one final. So I really encourage you to use your time management system to have each and every one of these elements be spoken to. Quick recap. Time management, that was the topic of today. Why do you want a time management system? Not because it helps you actually finish things, although it does help you actually finish things. You want a time management system so you feel confident and successful and peaceful while you're getting your job or your business or you're, you're being an entrepreneur or you're working with your clients while you're getting it done. What you want is the peace and the self-confidence and the self-trust. That's what a time management actually delivers you. I've also talked about the brain is not a good member for most people. Most people are not, their brains are not set up to actually be work like a computer. We're meant for processing, visualizing, strategizing. We are not meant for memorizing all the details. Details erode in a relatively short amount of time. Accept that, put it all down on paper or in an electronic system that you trust. We've covered that piece. The second part of the show we talked about you what is an actual what are the steps to an actual time management system and i encourage you to play this tape or play this show over and over again for yourself stop it and do the steps i have suggested create a time uh, create a to-do list do a mind dump to do that create a paper filing system make sure you file everything put it all on your desk sort it back out again every piece of paper generally has some kind of to-do attached to it that goes in your to-do list File everything else. Have a calendar system, and the only thing that's on your calendar system is the things that actually expire or have an actual date attached to them. Other than that, let your to-do list hold everything else. Then there's a project delegation and the steps of a project delegation. You want to identify, you want to deliver what the project is, you want to confirm by having a conversation that that project and that timeline works for the person you're working with. You want to put at least one follow-up on your calendar and then one final meeting on your calendar. This may sound very simple for me to say within an hour's time. It will take you longer than an hour to implement. But I encourage you, I encourage you as a small business owner, as an entrepreneur, as a sole proprietor, if you want to have greater peace, you want to have a company that works more efficiently and more effectively, I encourage you to pick up any one of the numerous time management systems and implement them. I encourage you to pay for a time management course. They can go anywhere from 300 to 3,000. It doesn't need to be a complicated one. It just needs to be one that you relate to and you can implement. So I encourage you to do this. All right, if you have any questions, contact me. Ask Christina first. Ask me first. I am here and available to you guys. Give me an email. Ask Christina first at gmail.com. If you want to look up information about me, Christina Suter, I'm at groundlevel-consulting.com. Groundlevel-consulting.com. You can look up my history there and check me out and see if I'm worth listening to or not or if you like my history. Or you can email me directly at Christina, that's Christina with a C-H, Christina at groundlevel-consulting.com. All right. I thank you, my listeners, for logging in today and checking in with us and listening to another episode of Ask Christina First, getting the straight answers on straight issues for small business consultants, small business, entrepreneurs, and sole proprietors. All right, Christina's checking off. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 